Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. As we were worshiping, the Lord began to show me that um, we're going to talk about anxiety today. I'm going to share a little bit with you about anxiety. If you suffer with anxiety, you're in the right place. And worship is is that element that releases anxiety. You know, how many can attest to that? Have ever been been in worship, and as you're worshiping, whatever you're concerned about just seems to get lighter. So uh, that's not what I'm here to preach about, but the Lord was showing me this is what it is. If you want to experience an anxiety-free life, be a worshiper, enter into revival. And here's the words that came to my spirit. Revival brings to life, brings to light everything that is true. That's a very powerful statement. Revival brings to light everything that is true and it's the truth that sets you free revival brings to light everything that is true when you're not in revival when you're lying dormant when you're spiritually cold when you're sleeping when you're just not awake to the things of god you are unaware of what is true And that's the place where the enemy has power. He has power in the place of ignorance. He has has power in the place where you don't know the truth. And that's where anxiety grows because now he can fill your heart, fill your mind, fill your, your, your thoughts with everything that is a lie. And that's what brings anxiety. This is, all, this is all during worship. This is not part of my notes, but I'm going to share what I felt in my spirit. The Lord was saying, revival brings to light everything that is true. Walk in revival, see the truth, and walk in freedom. That's what it is. How do I enter revival? We prayed about this last Sunday, and, and I, I pray that as we release that over this house that you are entering in. But it starts with desire. Lord, I want you. I want you. I want you. And you just make that your your cry from the heart. Lord, I want you. And I'm not going to let anything get in the way with my time with you, with my, my, my fellowship, my love for you. Anything that is a distraction, I'm moving aside. I'm putting aside. I want you in Jesus' name. I want to experience you in a fresh way. I want revival. Revival brings to light everything that is true. Thank you, Lord God, for the truth. Amen. Philippians 4, verse 9. I'm going to read this verse, and I'm going to go back a little later. But I want to start here. This is Paul speaking to the Philippian church, and he gives them a bit of instruction on how to walk in peace, how to walk free from anxiety. Uh, and he ends that whole, that whole point with this. He says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. The things which you learned, someone say learned, received, heard, saw. The things that you learned, you received, you heard, you saw, these do, 
And here's what he says. The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. We are in a series where we're emphasizing this truth that God is with you. That's what he's saying to you today. I am with you. And I love the fact that he says the God of peace will be with you. What he's releasing over the Philippian church, he's saying that peace, that God of peace that is with you, he'll release his peace over your life. And we're going to go into how to walk in that, but this is what I want you to know, that the God of peace is with you. Somebody say, the God of peace is with me. This word peace means wholeness. It means soundness. It means you're together. You're intact. You're not, you're not tattered and torn. You're not broken. You're together. You're in peace. And the Bible is saying that the God of peace will be with you. Thank you, Father, for being with us today. Now, let's jump to verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. What should you be anxious for? That means don't have anxiety about anything. Anxiety is, is that feeling that where your thoughts are crowded and, and it's just, just a constant, you know, bombardment. Uh, uh, just you feel bombarded with thoughts and things you have to do and things that are going on and things that are just not right and things that you want to be right. And, and you're just bombarded. And he says, listen, I want you to be anxious for nothing anxious for nothing. I love that. But in everything. So here he is giving a contrast of what you can experience. Instead of being anxious, what can you experience in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving? Let's say those three elements again. Let's just say in everything by what? And what? With what? Let's say it one more time. Prayer. And what? With what? Those are the three elements that release the force of peace over your life. Prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer. The basis of prayer is things that you request, but it's any kind of communication that you have with God. Supplication are the things that you're specifically asking God to supply. That's why it's supplication. You're asking God to supply something to meet a need. You're requesting something. And then this is the part we sometimes skip, with thanksgiving. Somebody say, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. This is one of the fundamental things I've learned when I was developing my prayer life is how to pray. And one of the things I learned was if I'm to receive from the Lord, and more importantly, what we just saw, if I am to, to live an anxiety-free life, I must live a life of thanksgiving. The anxious mind, I'm going to say something that's going to sound a little offensive, but I want you to... Bear with me here, because I want you to understand where I'm coming from with this. This is very sensitive, but I want you to see the extreme of this. I understand mental health is a very serious thing, and so sometimes people are even driven to take their own life. 
Again, revival brings everything that is true to light. So when someone is at that place where they want to take their own life, they have come to a place where they feel that there is nothing worth living for, right? They've come to a place where they don't know the truth beyond this moment, beyond this feeling, and they look at life as hopeless. Now, is that the truth? Is life hopeless? But you can come to the point where you feel that way, right? You can come to the point where you feel like life is not worth living. It's not true, but you can feel that way. When you feel that way, instinctively you stop releasing thanksgiving. You don't feel grateful and thankful. You don't feel like there's anything worth living for. This is why I want to keep repeating this. Revival brings everything to light. When you are walking in the spirit of revival, you see the truth. When you see the truth, you have a heart of thanksgiving. You have a heart of thanksgiving. You release it. What does it do? It causes peace to enter your life. So the feelings of hopelessness, the feelings of being just, just without any kind of desire to live, all of a sudden they go. Why? Because what is coming to light? The truth of what God is doing in your life. Revival brings everything to light. And I'm speaking revival in your heart today. Lift up your hands. Receive this blessing. May the fire of revival burn bright in your heart. May you be awakened out of your slumber. May you be awakened out of your apathy. May you be awakened out of distraction. And may the fire of revival burn in you. And may that fire bring out everything that is true and bring you to a place of thankfulness. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout amen. amen. This is going to be true for you. You cannot be in revival and be ungrateful. And you can't be grateful and be depressed. It's just impossible. So here's the offensive statement I'm going to say to you. Because I know you're like, that was kind of nice. That wasn't offensive. Let me, let me tell you what I'm going to really tell you now. I had to say all of that so you can get what I'm saying. People who take their lives, they don't mean to be. So I'm going to be nice. They don't mean to be. But I want to share this with you. When they take their lives or when they're tempted to do this, they're living in a moment of selfishness. They're living in a moment of ungratefulness. I know that sounds tough because I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to share something with you so that you can see how to get out of that. Right? You can get to a point where you feel like no one cares about me. That's a lie. Life is not worth living. That's a lie. I'm all by myself. That's a lie. And the focus becomes me. I, I don't like what's going on. No one cares about me. My life is not worth living. I'm sad. I'm not doing what I want to do in life. The focus becomes about you. And when you live an inward life, 
you invite anxiety in your life. I'm giving you the extreme version. Most of us, by the grace of God, will never be at that point. Let's just go where we live. Most of us live in this place. I'll never take my life, but I'll be sad for a lot of it. I won't take my life, but I'll be moody and irritable for most of it. Right? I, I won't ever do that, but I won't enjoy my life for the most part. No, no. You can come out of that when you live a life of thankfulness. And Paul is giving us a very key secret. Notice, I don't know if you know this, but Paul is in prison writing this. He's in jail, writing to free people. And he's in the first chapter of this book telling people, hey guys, cheer up, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And he's like, listen, even though I'm in chains, the word of God is not bound. God, I mean, just amazing. This guy is, and this is not the same prison that we have today. This is a different kind of prison. This is a prison where you're like underneath the jail. I mean, you, he, he's tied to the guards. This is not like you just have like, you know, the, all the rights that we enjoy today. And he's like, cheer up. Life is good. What can cause someone to have that perspective? What can cause someone to say, hey, cheer up. Be thankful. Be at peace. Paul was living in revival. So what was happening on the outside had no bearing on what was happening on the inside. That's what I'm speaking over your life. That no matter what's happening on the outside, it doesn't change your joy. It doesn't change your desire for life. It doesn't change what God is doing in you. You wake up with a sense of gratitude. And this is the best gift you could ask God for, apart from Christ, of course. Lord, give me the awareness of the goodness you're doing in my life every moment. I want to walk with the awareness of your goodness. Jesus, I'm my, I'm, that's my prayer. Lord, give me the awareness of your goodness everywhere I go. I want to be, because again, when you get into a place of anxiety, you stop being aware of that. When you get into a place of anxiety, you stop being aware of what God is doing. I said this last week, I believe it was, don't ask God for help, ask God how he's helping. And what that does, it gives you a focus that God is doing something. Lord, show me your goodness. Show it to me again. I know you're good now. I don't feel good. I'm not, I'm not really happy right now, but Lord, open my eyes to see your goodness in a fresh new way. All of a sudden, he does that. And then gratefulness begins to grow in your heart, and peace enters your heart. Peace enters your mind. Look at verse 7. He says, and the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God. Which, well, this is the kind of peace it is. It surpasses all understanding. That means you won't be able to explain it. Anybody ever had that kind of peace? I can't explain why I feel at peace. This is called the peace of God. Now, there are other types of peace, right? This, 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 you can have other, the other kind of peace you can explain. I have peace because you're with me. I have peace because you called me. I have peace because we're not arguing. Those are the, there's other kinds of peace, but you can explain that. But there's a kind of peace you can't explain. A peace that goes beyond your intelligence. A peace that defies rationale. That's what you call the peace of God. 
And he says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The other kinds of peace, don't, they can't guard your heart. They can't guard your mind. No, they don't. That kind of peace, that temporal peace, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, a moment in time. But the peace of God, and that's what I'm speaking over you, will guard your heart and mind. You will live anxiety-free. Somebody say anxiety-free. Thank you, Jesus. And then he continues. He says, finally. Somebody say, finally. (laughs) Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Somebody say, true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good reports, virtuous, praiseworthy. That's what you think on. He's given, he's given you the blueprint for walking in peace. Because here's the thing, what, this, this is what happens. He says, first and foremost, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for how many things? Then he says, but instead, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What ends up happening? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, then comes and guards your heart and guards your mind. Praise the Lord. So that's what God does. You ask, he answers. Now, here's the reality. God is the guard of your mind. But he is not the door of your mind. He stands on guard, his peace. But you still have the key to open it up. And let other things in. You understand what I'm saying? This, this is just coming to me right now. So just this is the Holy Spirit. Saying, I never thought. Of, I never thought. I never thought of this, but I believe the Holy Spirit is saying this to you. You can have a guard in front of your house, guarding your house, right? But it's still your house, and you tell that guard, "Listen, stand on guard. Don't let anybody in. Don't let." Any break-ins take place. Cool. The guard is standing there. But you still have the key. If you open up the door and say, oh, no, no, he's cool. He can come in. That guard is not going to say, no. I'm here to do what I'm assigned to do, which is guard your house. But it's your house. It's your mind. Jesus Christ. It's your mind. I'm going to guard it for you because you asked me to come and you asked me, to, you re, you're released, but I'm not going to be the steward of your mind. You have the key. It's a door. I'll be in front of it. So if you decide to keep it closed, my grace will keep all things from overwhelming you. But if you say, oh, no, 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 he's cool. He can come in. She's cool. She can come in. <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 we can hang out a little bit. What ends up happening? That guard is no longer effective. So what do you do to keep that guard effective? You keep your, you keep your mind on certain things. What are those things? He says, whatever things are true. So are you meditating on things that are true? Or are you meditating on what you feel? I don't care about your urges. 
Are they true? Here's why temptation becomes a problem in our lives. We're focusing on how we feel. Meditate on what is true. Amen. He says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble. Think about what's noble. Distinguish, proper. An example. We give what is called a Nobel Peace Prize. It's an honor. Noble means honor. Things that are honorable. If you keep your mind on those things, anxiety cannot live in your life. I love the next one. It says, whatever things are just. Somebody say just. Notice it didn't say unjust. And I believe justice and injustice are two sides of the same coin. What I mean by that is you can focus on something that is wrong or you can focus on how to make it right. How to make it right is justice. What's wrong is just injustice. And there are people who pride themselves in being woke and being aware of what's going on and being conscious of all the social injustices but are doing nothing. They're focusing on what is unjust but they're not focusing on what is just. People like that will never live anxiety-free. When you live a life where your mind is focused on what is just, you see injustice, but you're moved by justice. Thank you, Jesus. That's what keeps your heart at peace. What else he says? Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. We don't have time to go into all of it. Whatever things are of a good report. That's a big one. Someone is telling you about something, after a while, say, hey, is, is, this, is this good? Is this a good report? Right? Is, it, is this something that is, I need to hear over and over and over again? If you allow it to be in your heart over and over and over again, it's going to create anxiety. Yeah. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Three, three things I want to share with you, living anxiety-free. One, identify the anxiety. Identify the anxiety. So if you feel anxious today, this is what I want you to do. Very, very, very simple. Communicate what that anxiety is. Oh, I'm anxious about X, Y, Z. I feel just an attack on my mind. I feel a constant, you know, weight. I feel... Just, just constant, just an uneasiness about this. Identify it. Label it. This is what it is. This is what I'm feeling. And anxiety is a sneaky thing. Sometimes you don't know you're anxious until you realize it's too late. You're like, oh, this is what you call anxiety. No, I'm just thinking about some things. No, you're anxious. No, I'm just kind of going over to some things in my mind. No, you're anxious. How do you know you're anxious? Are you able to be present? when someone is communicating with you, when you're having a phone conversation, when you're someone face-to-face, -face, is your mind somewhere else? That's how you know you're anxious. When you're at work, are you able to concentrate? When you're doing whatever you're doing, are you able to focus? Here's the thing, when you're praying, are you able to keep your thoughts on one thing? Or you're just constantly running and gunning and trying to figure out the next thing you gotta do? How do you know you're anxious? Are you still? 
Do you feel calm? Do you feel at peace? These are some signs that, that, that you can look for to know whether or not you're anxious or not. And so if you don't feel these things or you do feel these things, you need to identify that and be honest with the Lord and say, Lord, this is what you call anxiety. And your word says that I should be anxious for nothing. And so I want to identify this, that I'm anxious about X, Y, and Z. And then number two, what should you do? Read it out loud. Yeah, release. Someone say release. Say it loud. Release. Release the anxiety. How? Through requests. I can't emphasize this part enough because here's what we do. We pray about the situation but we don't release a request. There's a difference. There's a difference. Let's just say you're afraid of losing your job. This, let, me, let me give you the wrong way of praying. Oh, God, you know I need this money. <laughs> Lord, I'm scared. They can't let me go. Man, Christmas is coming. Oh, God, Lord. Lord, I know you're good. I know, I know you're able. Lord, do something. Right? Lord, what's going to happen? Lord, not, not again. I got these kids, and you know, Lord, you're, you're communicating, but you're not releasing requests. So this is why you say amen after that kind of a prayer, and you still feel the same way. Because you haven't released a request. What? Notice, when the blind man came to Jesus, and you'll see this many times, Jesus sometimes seemingly asked stupid questions, and he didn't. I'm just saying, to the natural mind, you may, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? I believe Jesus was trying to get people to focus. The blind man came to him, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you think I want you to do for me? I mean, what do you think? Well, Jesus didn't assume. Because maybe you're blind, but you don't think I can heal you. Maybe you just want some money. Maybe you just want a hug. Maybe you just want some, something else. What do you want? And he was very, very clear. He says that my eyes may see. And then Jesus says, do you believe that I can do this for you? He says, yes, according to your faith, be it unto you. Jesus is into requests. He's not into just talking and rehearsing the problem, going over and over about what you're feeling and what's going on and what you can't stand and when is this going to happen and huffing and puffing and sighing. That doesn't get heaven's attention. It doesn't. Lord, your word has said. That's what, oh, now you're talking. You're talking right now. Lord, I feel anxious. Okay, that's cool. I want to hear how you feel. I'm concerned about this. Okay, great. I'm your heavenly father. I want to know what you're concerned about. Lord, this is on my mind. Excellent. I want to know that too. But don't end it there. After you do that, after you've identified the anxiety, release the request. Lord, but your word has said, that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, your word shows me that even if I lose this job, I haven't lost you. I'm asking you this, that you would give me a comfort knowing that no matter what happens, you are by my side. 
Lord, I want to walk with the assurance that you have me. Lord, I need favor. I'm going on this interview. Your word has said you will surround me like fa- with a shield, like fa- with favor. Lord, give me your favor on this interview. That's how you pray. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you do that, the peace of God ushers in. But then it says, with thanksgiving. With what? With thanksgiving. Lord, I've identified the anxiety. I've released the request. Thank you, Father, that you've heard me. Thank you. Lord, right now I still feel the anxiety, but I know it's a lie. And I know it's leaving. The more I give you thanks, the more I just center my heart with what you've said. Thank you, Lord, that there is no place of anxiety in me. And I just do not give it permission. I don't, I, I don't rehearse the problem. Lord, I've already, I've already stated what it is. So right now, I thank you that it is done in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know what the doctors have said. Oh, but I know what you have done. And I declare right now that I'm healed today. That negative doctor's report is being turned around. I thank you for that. That's how the peace of God, the more you do that, here comes that peace. Here comes that peace. You start releasing thanksgiving, that peace starts to come. Glory to God. And then that guard stands at the door. Things may not have changed. You can't explain why you feel that peace. It's that peace that what? Surpasses all understanding. That guard is there. And then, what do you do? You go into steward mode. Steward your mind. Because later on, you'll hear something different. Later on, you'll feel something different. You go back. No, no, no. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are lovely, pure, good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, all of these things, that's not of, that's not of praise. I, I choose right now not to think on that. No, that's a lie. Lord, I thank you that when I prayed at 9 o'clock this morning, you heard me, and you haven't forgotten. And I'm just right now taking a break on my, on my job, and I'm giving you thanks that that prayer is still active. It's still valid. It's hours later, but you haven't forgotten. That's how you stay in a river of peace. And anxiety cannot have its hold on you. In the name of Jesus, this is an anxiety-free season for you. And it's not going to just be a short season. (laughs) I'm declaring a season of a life, a life of anxiety-free living over your life in Jesus' name. Anybody receive that? Praise the Lord. I have more to say, but I'm going to just end on this. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I love it. What you need is a good word. A good word. And his presence, his presence ushers that good word in. This is why we're talking about sitting in the presence of God, because it's in His presence. I'm telling you, so many times throughout the Bible, when a word is given to describe God, it's given to describe God based from an encounter, a moment that they've had with God, and they describe God a certain way. 
I think I shared this just a couple of weeks ago when Abraham said, you're Jehovah Jireh. He was declaring the Lord will see to it. And that was a result of God meeting him and providing that ram, providing that sacrifice. It was in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of worship, that God revealed himself to Abraham. That's a good word. That's what I'm talking about. That's a good word. You leave with a good word, an assurance in your heart. That's what causes anxiety to leave. A good word makes it glad. Some of you, you have written down things, revelations, dreams, promises, things that the Lord has said to you, revealed to you, but you have forgotten about it. You have not looked at it. It was just a great moment, a good time of revelation, a good time of just feeling, oh, yeah, you know, the Lord has spoken to me. No, no, no. Those words is a good word. That's some, don't get into the habit of just chasing experiences. Chase a word from the Lord. Let the word of the Lord rest in your heart. Treasure it. Prize it. That's what keeps anxiety from taking root in your heart. I'm going to end on that note, but I want to I pray for those who've been suffering from anxiety. I felt in my spirit. I'm going to just quickly lay my hands on you because how many know that anxiety and fear can also be induced by a spirit? The Bible calls it the spirit of fear. Sometimes you can be fine, calm. Nothing, you're not thinking about anything. You know, you're, you're worshiping the Lord. Everything is wonderful. And then, bam, a sudden feeling of fear. Just That's what you call the spirit of fear. It's not like you've been meditating on some bad things. It's not like you haven't been in the Word of God. It's not like you've been, you know, no, you're living life normal. Everything is, and then but all of a sudden, just shoo, something grips your heart. And you become afraid. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Sometimes it's a thought impartation. And I, I, I've shared this before. I remember there was a person I used to work with who was actually my boss, and he was about to go into a train one day. He was about to step on the train, and he heard those words, you don't have control over this train. He lived in Long Island, deep in Long Island, and he worked in the city. And he said, I was frozen on the platform. I could not take that next step onto the train because the thought came to me, you don't have control over this train. He says, that was the last time I took the train. For 10 years plus, he started driving into the city, parking his car, spending hundreds of dollars a month on parking, tolls, gas, wear and tear on his vehicle. Why? The thought came, you don't have control over this train. I couldn't move. And the Lord gave me an opportunity to minister to him. I spoke over his mind. I broke the spirit of fear. And I kid you not, it wasn't a week later. It wasn't even a week later. And I say this not facetiously because it's exactly how it happened. He came to me asking for a Metro card. Because the last time that he took the train was tokens. And he was like, how do you actually go on the train? I need a Metro card. And he's been taking the train. So I know what it is to 
deal with the spirit of fear. That's what you call a spirit of fear. You're fine one day, everything is great, and then, bam, you're just immobilized. You just can't, you, I don't know why, I'm just, afra- I'm, a, I'm just afraid of the future. I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. It's a spirit of fear, and we're going to break that in the name of Jesus. We're going to break that in the name of Jesus off your life. We're going to declare right now that what God has done in your life, no devil will be able to restrain and, 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 and hold back in the name of Jesus. If you have, if you can recognize a spirit of anxiety and fear in your life, I want to just welcome you up here. I want to pray with you. You can take this pulpit, guys. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Anxiety will, be, will leave you today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to just join all of our faiths together. This is, this, this is a moment of our, for our church. Wherever there is fear, wherever there is anxiety, it breaks today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. No more anxiety, no more anxiety, no more anxiety. I cut it off at its root. I cut it off at its root. I cut it off at its root in the name of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a perfect peace that comes upon you. It's going to be a perfect peace. I'm just speaking this over your life. There's, there's a perfect peace settling on you right now. There's a peace that surpasses all understanding. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke, I rebuke every foul spirit, that lying spirit of the enemy that wants to deceive you and lie to you. No, it will not have its place in your life, in your mind. In the name of Jesus, come on. In the name of the Lord Jesus, spirit of anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of anxiety, go in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear and anxiety, go in Jesus' name. There's a settling happening in you, keeping you, reminding you of God's perfect plan for you. And the spirit of anxiety and fear will not have its grip on you. I release it now from your life in Jesus' name. Spirit of anxiety and fear, go, go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of anxiety, go in the name of Jesus. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.